lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. To Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. to you about phony faith. And the reason I want to talk to you about phony faith is because phony faith does not work. Come on, Donnie Brasco. It's a fugazi. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. It looks real, but it's not real. It looks like it's worth something, yet it's not. And Jesus writes to us here in Matthew and he's, he's preaching He's preaching this and he's telling us the kingdom of heaven is like this, where there's a field, kind of like we would call this church this morning a field. And according to what Jesus is saying, some are, are, are seeds of wheat and some can be considered tares. Now, what are tares? Tares are things that look exactly like wheat. Except, ready, they have no fruit in them. Come on, you ever walk through a field and it looks, it looks real beautiful and everything. And, and, and those weeds that are out there, some of your backyard is like this in the summer. Come on, somebody. Get a lawn service. Get a lawn service. Some of you, it's your front yard. Oh, no, that's even worse. And you got these weeds and the, those weeds are not fruitful. There's nothing in those weeds. And if you've ever noticed wheat and tares, they look exactly the same. They look, uh, tares can many times be mistaken for wheat, except when it's harvest time. Because in harvest time, wheat will do something that the tares won't do. Because see, at the head of the wheat is grain. And a farmer will tell you when it's harvest time, that wheat will begin to bow a little bit because there's fruit in it. There's grain in it. The tear stands straight up. Oh, come on, somebody. It just stands there. It's kind of like some of us during praise and worship. Where the wheat will bow. The wheat will worship. The wheat will be there because there's fruitfulness there. What is the fruit? The fruit of thanksgiving. We remember what we were like on the streets. Oh, we remember what our marriage was like without God. We remember where we came from. And so when it's time to worship, the fruit of thankfulness causes us to bow. But the tares don't bow. The tares don't bow because there's not that thankfulness. There's not that thankfulness. And those tears many times will stand up and criticize. 
the music. I really don't like this song. Why are they singing this song again? Why they got her singing today? What's going on up there? I, I never seen her sing. A, he's singing today? What? See, the weed ain't thinking that. And, the, and, and it says, you know, a farmer will tell you that that's the how you tell the difference between the wheat and the tear. You don't want to be a tear. Because Jesus says here at the time of harvest, we're going to gather up the tares. And they're going to be burned. They, 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 they're, going to be, they're going to be all burned up. But Jesus says, the wheat, let's gather that into my barn. Let's, let's, let's put that with our stuff. It's a very profound parable that Jesus lays out for us here. And you've got to understand, whenever he's saying the kingdom of God is like this, he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you that in the kingdom of God, you will have the real and you will have the phony. Now, many of us, we get like, oh, OK, I got to be on the lookout. But before you take a posture of being on the lookout, let's look in. Because you may not be what you think you are. You may not be what you think you are. Because here's what the parable says right here. It says that the wheat and the tares, they grow together. Now, don't look at the person next to you right now. Whatever they are does not mean that you're what they are. You could be sitting next to a wheat, but you're as tear as they come. You could be sitting next to some real ones right now, but that don't make you real. Because in the kingdom of God, the tares and the wheat grow together. Are you tracking with me today? So we love to, go, we love to hear a word like this and go, ooh, I wonder who in here is the real and who's the fake. But, but let's not do that. Let's discern if you're real or you're fake. Because many of us judge what we are by our appearance, by where we're at. And Jesus already said, hey, you could be in a field planted with wheat, but you're not a wheat. Let's read another one here. Let's go look at Matthew chapter 7, 15 through 27. Uh, yeah, 15 through 27. Again, we're talking about phony faith. We want to make sure we don't have phony faith. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Oh, come on, somebody. We've all known people like this. Looks like a Christian, talks like a Christian, but they're a wolf. Oh, in 30 years of ministry, I've met plenty of these. And some of them I've met behind a pulpit, in a green room, in the back. Let's keep reading. It says, here it is. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree, here it is, bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit, here it is, it's cut down and it's thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Key word there. Hears these words and does them. Builds his house on a rock. The rain descends. The flood comes. COVID-19 comes. The winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. Because it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Will be like a foolish man. Who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended. The COVID came. Come on, somebody. The floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. So Jesus is preaching again something that we need to catch. That not everything that you look at is what it is. What it is. It's, how do I say this? It's, you can be deceived. Remember, he says there are many prophets that are out there, wolves in sheep clothing. They look the part, but inside, inside they're ravenous wolves. Can I just tell you there are many Christians that look the part, but inside they could be ravishing wolves. There's many pastors like that. There's many ministers like that. And there's many believers like that. The question that we've got to pose today we have to be very honest with ourselves. Is am I like that? Because Jesus goes on and Jesus gets very serious with this here. He says, there's going to be some that come to me in that day and they say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, I, I didn't know you. And they're going to say things like, well, I sang in the worship team. I was an usher. I went on a missions trip. And he's going to say, yeah, but I never knew you. Because he, he makes the distinction here, right, that real faith is when you fulfill the will of God for your life. Not for my life, not for your mama's life, for your life. That's how we begin to know when we have genuine faith or phony faith. Phony faith many times isn't worried about God's will. Come on, they just, they like De La Soul. You all remember De La Soul? It's just me, myself, and I. Don't get me started up here. Don't get me started. Well, it's just me, myself, and I. You got, you got, Esco's going to get up here and dance a little bit. It's just me, myself, and I. That's all you're concerned about. Your will, what you want, and going to heaven. And so God, come, we, we receive Jesus 
not to fulfill his will for our life, but to make him the blue genie in Aladdin. And he's so not that. This thing ain't just about you and I getting everything we want because we prayed a prayer. It's about you and I really understanding what it means to follow Jesus. Are you tracking with me today? Because what Jesus points out here is you can walk a whole path, but get to the end of the path and find that you did things wrong. Now, when I face the father, I, I, I want to be able to look him in the eye and be like, Lord, I did my best to tell him. I did my best to tell him. I don't want Jesus going and looking at me and going, you was their pastor. You let him be phony. You didn't tell them that there was a right way and a wrong way. You didn't tell them about the wolves. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to hear that someday. So I got to preach some of these hard things. Come on, somebody. Amen. Tell your neighbor I'm in the right church today. I came to the right church. Let's keep going. Matthew 15, 7 and 9. Jesus is talking to the church folks of his day. And he says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I'm just reading the Bible to you this morning. Are you getting something out of this? See, what Jesus is saying here is it's very possible to only serve God with your mouth. Your actions don't line up. Your heart is unchanged. It's just as vile as your average sinner. It's just as messed up as the average person that doesn't know God. Yet you're in church every Sunday. Yet you sing praises and you listen to praise and worship music. Jesus went on and said this, your worship is in vain. You know what that word in vain means? It means your worship is not working. Because see, worship does something to the worshiper. Worship will change your heart. Worship will break some fear off of you. Worship will crack anxiety in the head. But some of y'all's worship ain't working and you're still anxious and you're still worried and you're still mad and you're still bitter and you come to church every week. Could it be that your worship is in vain? Because one thing, yeah, you're in church, but you haven't given God your heart. Remember, that's what this whole thing's about. It's your heart. He wants your heart. Now, you know, in America today, we've got too many people that have made Christianity a religion. I know we say it all the time. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. We see the bumper stickers. You wear the shirts. But man, what does that really mean? Because so many Christians have made it a religion. It's a thing we do on Sundays and then Monday through uh, Saturday, nothing else has changed in our lives. Jesus said, man, that's hypocrite. That's being a hypocrite. 
And he, and, he, and he points to a prophecy that Isaiah said that there would come a time where there would be people that draw near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart would be far from him. Guys, we've got to make sure that's not us. Amen? Now let's look at Titus 1.16. Titus 1.16. I'm going to read this to you in the Passion Translation. It says this, They claim to know God, but by their actions... They deny him. They're disgusting. Disobedient. Disqualified. Woo, from doing any good thing. I, I encourage you to read this whole chapter here and see the generation that he's talking about. I believe we live in a time where this applies. There are people that go to church, but your life Monday through Saturday denies the existence of a living God. It denies that you that you believe that Jesus is Lord, because if you believed it, I mean, if you really believed it, that he had the words of life, wouldn't you do it? Like if you really believe the word of God is the word of God and it has the, the way of salvation in it, how we can have eternal life with Jesus Christ. How we could experience freedom from our past. How we could actually become a new creature in Christ where old things, old addictions, old mistakes are no longer a part of your life. You can be made new. I mean, if we really believe that, our lives should show it. So now we're, we're getting down to what's real and what's phony. Can I just tell you something about phony faith? Phony faith has no evidence. If you got to tell me you're a Christian, you may not be. Because when you have genuine faith, come on, this thing, this life looks a little different. Our marriages should look a little different. We don't cuss out our wives because we're mad. Oh, I'm, I'm getting too real right now. I'm getting, I'm getting too real. Well, she made me mad. We still don't cuss them out. And we definitely don't hit them. And if somebody's hitting on you at home, come see me after service. I'll get all the eddies together. We'll get a truck. We'll get you out of that house. Right? We'll get them out. You go into, if, you, if you call yourself a Christian and you beat your wife... That's phony faith right there. Oh, pastor, I ain't, I ain't perfect. I, then come get some help. I don't know why I'm touching on this, but somebody here needs to hear it or somebody watching me on that video thing needs to hear this as well. Look at me showing my age on that video thing, whatever that is. The live stream, I know what it is. I had an over 50 minute right there, okay? Bear with me. Because Titus says, it's by our actions that we show if we believe or if we don't believe. I'm telling you, I've been in this thing 30 years. And we have churches full of wheat and tares. Your job is to only worry about you. Amen? 
in, in this context. Obviously, we have to care for our brother man. The Bible tells us that. But listen, what I'm talking about right now is let's make sure you're not a tear. All right. Scripture, because what, what it all comes down to, guys, genuine faith, trust God. That's how you know you got genuine faith. Phony faith is going to trust in other things. Phony faith says, I don't know about them tithing scriptures. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Sounds like a scam to me. It sounds like a scam. But see, when you when you trust in God and you get to stuff that is difficult, you go, well, God, I'm going to trust you with this and I'm going to give you my obedience. Got real quiet in this Baptist church today. Amen. Genuine faith, trust God. Phony faith, trust in other things. And when it's an opportunity, you're going to trust God or you're going to trust this. We always defer to the lesser. And can I just tell you, that's phony faith. Why? Because the Bible tells us this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He wants our trust. That's really what relationship is about. Going back to that thing, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Then if you're in relationship, you got to trust God. That means when you read something in the Bible, you trust that it's true. And if it's true, it should change the way you live your life. Got to trust God. So how do we know if we're trusting God? Let me give you some practical things to, to understand if your faith is phony or if it's real. Okay, let me give you two things here. How do you know you're trusting God? Well, uh, the first thing is you're going to find out the proof, I should say, or the evidence that you're trusting God is going to be found in your thoughts. In your thoughts. In your thoughts. Why do we ignore our thoughts? Why do we think it's okay to think crazy stuff? Why do we let our minds wander? Why do we let our minds just think on whatever? No, listen, you need to be on a mission to change your thoughts. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about overcoming depression, right? What is depression? Your depression, depression is evidence that your thoughts are wrong. Any negative emotion that you're experiencing, anger, depression, anxiety, worry. Listen, so many times we just want to treat the emotion. And they'll, they'll give you a pill, make you feel better. They'll give you some medicinal, hey, to take the edge off. But guess all that, what you're, do, what you're doing is wrong. Because see, all your emotions are showing you is your thoughts are messed up. And if we could change your thoughts, your emotions will change. If you could think right, you'll feel right. Ooh. I'm just depressed all the time. It's because of your thoughts. You need new thoughts. Tell your neighbor you need some new thoughts. The old thoughts are messing you up. You need some new thoughts. Well, pastor, how do I get those thoughts? I'm so glad you asked. Because God's given us 66 books instructing us how to think. Think on these things, he says. Oh, but you want to you want to think your way. That's why you're going to be depressed. 
You want to allow the world you live in to feed you thoughts. Listen, you better take hold of that. Because it'll have you in a deep pit of despair, depression, anxiety. Look what it says in Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Y'all see that? There's trust again. Because I trust in you, God, I keep my mind right. Tell your neighbor, keep your mind right. Keep your mind right. That's how you get peace. You get peace by having right thoughts. How do I get thought? How do I get good thoughts? Here it is. Trust in God. When you really trust God, your thoughts will, will, will line up in, in, with that. People that trust God, here it is, they're not all stressed out. We're not all worried. We're not all in fear. We're not all angry. We're not all bitter. See, evidence that you trust God is found in your thoughts. Let's keep reading. Let's keep going. Let's go to Joshua 1.8. Look at the advice that God gives Joshua as he's about to fight the biggest uh, battle of his life. He's about to get the life he always wanted. He's about to get his promised land. And this is the instruction. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. And then he says, meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and, ha and successful. Now you could, you could let go of your life coach now. This scripture right here save you a lot of money. You don't need a life coach now. There it is right there. Keep this book, the Bible, on your lips and in your mind. And whatever you do will be prosperous and successful. That's a tattoo scripture right there. Amen. Somebody get that on their belly. Right over where you have Sakra. You know, just erase that. Trust God with your thoughts. How do you know if you have real faith or phony faith? Real faith, you're going to have some right thoughts. And here's the, here's the blessing. Right thoughts produce right emotions. You're going to be a happier husband. And the wives said, oh, come on, ladies. You're going to be a happier wife. And the men said, Oh, the, only the brave men, only the brave men. Right I saw some of you watching, look at you. You better not say amen. Come on. So the first way we know is our thoughts. The second way we just saw it there. Joshua 1, 8, your words, your words prove you trust God. Your words prove if your faith is real. Your words. What kind of person are you? Well, I'm a negative, I'm a, a person where the glass is half full. Not if you're a believer. Because you, what is it? 
it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got to change your thoughts, change your words. Look at this. James 1, 26, it says this. If someone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. That's the, that's the passion translation there. That means this. What comes out of your mouth? You want to be real honest? Ask your husband. You want to be real honest? Ask your wife. What's pillow talk like? Pillow talk complaining? Oh, these kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> you prayed for them. Yeah, but you know, uh, he, this one here, he just wants to do what he wants to do. Hold on, who's the parent? Who's the parent? You know, there's order in the kingdom of God. Yeah, but we try. And this one here, you know, I, I just think he's got ADHD or he's got this or he's got, you know, Sukiyaki syndrome or whatever he's got. He's just, his, this one's crazy. Can I give a word to the parents? God's not going to give you something that you can't handle. But here's the problem. Here's the problem, right? Pride will get in your way. Because guess where he puts the answer for what you need? He puts it in somebody else. But here's the problem. I don't want nobody telling me how to raise my babies. Stay up all night then. <laughs> Be the parent that's always got to go get the kid out of the nursery because they don't listen. Be the one with the crazy kids. Go ahead. Or, or be humble and ask for help and call your mom. I don't want to hear what she got to say. She raised your crazy self. She got something to say. Call your dad. Yeah, but my dad used to spank you, me. Exactly. <laughs> He saved your life. <laughs> saved you with them spankings. Yeah, but I, I just don't want, I just remember all the bad stuff. No, remember the good stuff too. That's a word for somebody here. You only remember the bad stuff your parents did. How about the good stuff they did? I just remember how I felt when I got spanked. Yeah, and it made you stop being dumb. I don't know why. Someone needs to hear that today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know how it went on that there. That's for somebody. Father, I just pray you use that today. Amen. Let's go over to Matthew 12, 36, 37. Passion translation. You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Your very words will be used as evidence and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. Yo, you need to highlight that in your, in your Bible. 
Come on, we have in big boy church today. You know what the scripture says? When you stand before the Father, part of the evidence that if you're saved or if you're not saved is going to be your words. When we stand before, that's what they say. When we stand before God, they call your name. Joe Schmo, come on up here. Yeah, Jesus, I went to church. I prayed the prayer when I was in youth camp. Oh, hold up, hold up. Let's get the books out. Yeah, no, I'll save you some time, Jesus. I prayed the prayer was uh, back in 87. And, and, you know, I was going through that thing with the drugs and I came to you. I know I, I, I remember that, but let's get the books out. That's what it's saying there. And the books say our words will tell if we believed Jesus or not. Now, why does it why would this be an adequate place to judge us? Because Proverbs tells us this. Our words come from our heart. That's that's where your words come from. So when our words are negative, 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 negative. Guess what your heart is? Prognosis negative. But when your words are right, guess what that says about your heart? It's right. It's good. So when you got a good heart, we should be able to tell by what comes out of your mouth. Ooh, is this helping anybody today? See, when you got real faith, we can tell because you're always somebody with an answer. You're always, it's going to be all right. You walk into the office, someone's crying. You don't know, oh, it's going to be all right. You, you bring water instead of gasoline. Right? You get on Facebook and someone's Facebook crying. You ever Facebook crying people? Always putting their problems on Facebook. That's a whole nother message. I'm going I'm to I'm stay off of that bunny road right there. Number three, let's go. So we got our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Those prove what our faith is. Hebrews 12, 25 through 28 says this. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. You know what that means? They, they break it to you. They break it down to you in the uh, South Sacramento version right here. By faith, Moses chose to stay home on a Friday night. Even though all his friends were out getting drunk. Smoking cush. He chose to suffer the affliction of loneliness. Rather than enjoy the delicacies of South Sacramento. That's what that scripture says right there. So he's at home like, dang, I wish I could go to the Swiss Buddha right now. Some of y'all know you had that conversation. That's what the scripture's saying. Moses, because of his faith, aligned himself with a hard road. 
because of his faith in God. You know, we got today Christians, it gets hard. They don't choose God's way. They choose the delicacies of Egypt. And they still want to tell you we're in faith. No, you're not. Because your actions are telling on you. Your actions are telling me you got fugazi faith. You got phony faith. Because you keep choosing the delicacies of Egypt rather than to suffer the afflictions of Christ. I've said this story many times. I remember when I turned 21. I turned 21. I was in Milpitas, California because I was in Bible college. And every young man dreams of the time when they turn 21. Come on, somebody. Like I see smiles going all around here. Some of y'all just having a Vietnam flashback. Come on back into the room right now. Because we think, oh, 21, I'm going to go to Tahoe. It used to be. Now you got casinos here. So back in the day, we had to go to Tahoe to get dumb. Amen. Uh, you had to go to Reno to get dumb. Oh, OK, 21. That's what I'm going to do. And I remember I turned 21 and I've said some of the, I've told you this story before. And I was at a Denny's in Milpitas getting my free meal. Y'all remember that those days? They still do that? Can I just be 100 with you? It was probably my second time, too. It was probably my second time. I went to a different Milpitas. I went to a different Denny's at lunch. This was dinner. And I was getting my free meal by myself. I was eating my, my, my dinner, and I was sitting there, and I was just thinking, man, this is not what I thought my 21st birthday would look like. I pictured this a whole lot different. But you know what, Jesus? I'm glad to do this. I will follow you if I do this by myself. If I look like the biggest loser in this booth eating this rubber steak right here, as people walk by me going, oh, pobrecito, look at the guy right there. If that's my life, that's my life. Because I'm serving you. I wish I could get some people that would understand that's real faith. Instead of this compromising thing. Instead of this thing, it's so hard. You, you ain't going to make it. It's just, you know, being a Christian and being single is so hard. See, you forgot that being single and being not Christian is hard. When you got to go get checked out every now and again. When you're getting used by folks. When you're getting abused by, oh, you forgot that part, huh? Because you, you, you on somebody's Instagram and they're just showing you the good parts. They're showing you the clips from the party, the highlights. They ain't showing you themselves waking up in their own vomit. They ain't showing you who they went home with last night. Come on. They ain't showing you that part. It's your actions, y'all. And by Moses's actions, by choosing sometimes affliction rather than pleasure, evidence of real faith. Let's keep going. I'm almost done. James chapter 2, 14 and 17. He says this, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? 
For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, hope you stay warm, have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? And here it is. So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. That's the passion translation. It's phony. Faith that doesn't involve action. It's a big reason why we planted this church, because our vision is to get members that will love God and lift others. Lifting is an action. It's an action. It's an action. That's why we passed out these sheets and said, hey, put some action to your faith. Y'all could come out and hand out candy. I, I, I ain't trying to do that. You better get some faith. You can come out and help us be a light to this community. Yeah, but you know, the game is Sunday night football. Man, come on. Are you tracking with me today? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. So again, how do we know we don't have phony faith? My thoughts, my words, my actions are going to prove it. It's going to prove it. But what kind of actions? Well, the actions that we're talking about that's going to prove it have to do with the big three. Did y'all know there are three things that God has given you to steward? Three things. I want you to write these things down, put them in your phone. You need to be conscious of these three things in your life. The three things are this. God has given you your time, your talent, and your treasure. Your time your talent, your treasure. God has given you those things. They're from him. They are his if we're in the kingdom of God. My faith should be influencing, catch this now, what I'm doing with my time, my talent, and my treasure. You should be able to see my faith touch each of those areas. My faith affects my time because every day I spend time with God. Not just on Sunday. Come on, somebody. We all have the same amount of time. Did y'all do realize that? We all have the same amount of time. Some of us steward our time better than others of us. Some of us will use our time to make money. Others, us, others of us We'll use our time to get the high score on the latest video game. I'm just going to let that run through the room right there. God's given you time. Your faith should affect what you do with your time. God's given you talent. It's his talent. He gave you that talent. A portion of it belongs to him. In case you did not know, read the book of Deuteronomy. God has also given you treasure. It is God has, who has given you the ability to obtain wealth. How many know that scripture? Amen. These three areas, if your faith is genuine, should be affected in some kind of way. A person with faith will spend time in the things of God. A, a person of faith will make sure that portion of their talent 
is going to build the kingdom of God. A person of faith will make sure that their treasure, their money, listen, God makes sure that a portion goes to building the kingdom of God. And if faith is not touching those three areas, you may have phony faith. And let's be reminded of what happens to people that have phony faith. It doesn't work. Their faith isn't strong enough to save them from an eternity without God. They will face God with a phony faith and he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So let me recap, because this is this is very practical. Today, you should leave here with some directives. You should leave here with an understanding of, oh, my gosh, I got phony faith. Let me fix that. Number one, your thoughts. Manage your thoughts. Number two, watch your words. Quit complaining. Do you know, complaining is a lot language of slaves. Start speaking faith, speaking the word of God. And number three, your actions. Let's quit making excuses for why we live two-faced lives in the kingdom of God. You're either with light or you're with darkness. Make the distinction. Your actions should point to your alignment with God's kingdom. That's what real faith is. And if your faith is real, it should affect how you spend your time, your talent, and your treasure. But we become much like the Israelites. Come and help me on the keys there if you don't mind, Charles. Let me read to you real quick, Deuteronomy 8, 6, 6 through 15. Because the Israelites were like us. God delivered them from Egypt. They used to be slaves. When they got free, like us, he warns them. He says, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commands, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. When you have eaten in your full and have built beautiful houses and you dwell in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, you basically it means this, when you got the job you always wanted, you live in a great house, you got kids that you prayed for, you're in the career that, God, that you asked God for. Look what it says. He says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, he brought water for you out of the, out of the flinty rock. And he says this, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So what did God do? He put this system in play. And he said, so that you don't ever forget where you came from. You make sure that you give me a sacrifice of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Yesterday, we had a young man. And I don't want to embarrass him in any way, shape, or form because he didn't do it for this reason. But he took a time off on a Saturday. 
He works on air conditions. He told one of our pastors, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm going to donate my time, my talent, so that the house of God can have adequate air. So that when it gets cold, the heaters are working. Come on, somebody. You know what he was doing? He was giving his time because it was his day off. He was giving his talent. Guys, you got to catch this today. Because some of you have been coasting for far too long. And you think you're okay. You think your faith is working. But I'm telling you, until it touches those three areas, you got some growing to do. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. Because Jesus tells them here in the book of Deuteronomy, if you don't give me those things, if you don't bring that sacrifice, it's going to be real easy that you just start believing your own hype. You did this yourself. You raised those kids on your own. You don't know how many times those angels kept your kids safe. You don't know how many times your children could have been messed up, but God in the unseen realm took care of them. And you won't give them your time, your talent, or your treasure. I want to leave you with this. You've got to understand the law of firsts. You can read the Old Testament. You can read the Bible. Basically what it means is this. We honor God by giving to him first. And God is so gracious. He could, he could require it all. He doesn't require it all. He says, you take the rest. And I'll make sure that that goes further than it would have been without me involved. But how much longer are you going to wait? How much longer are you going to walk around with that fugazi faith? That phony faith where your marriage doesn't change, your finances don't change, your family life doesn't change, and you're still in the same addictions and same circles. How long will you stay there? See, today the Holy Spirit is giving you an invitation. Cross the line. Cross the line. Come out from that level of living because that level of living does not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That level of living, should you stay there, you could be one that faces Jesus. And he says, depart from me. I didn't even know you. And you will bring about, well, I was at Elevate. Well, I this, well, I that. And Jesus says, only those that do the will of my father can enter in. Only those that had a genuine faith. A faith that works, like it says in the book of James. A faith that says, God, I'll give you a portion of my time, my treasure, and my talent. Are you getting this today? And the beauty of it is this. I'll leave, it, I'll leave this here. It's Luke 6, 38. The beauty of how God operates is it's amazing. He's trying to get you to give in those areas because of Luke 6, 38. Look what it says here. Give generously. And generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. It means when you give, it comes back to you in greater quality, quantity, and kind.
Some people, man, some of you in here always walking around, I say, ain't got time. I don't have time. How do you get more time? Give some to God. You don't have time because you don't give some to God. Because if you give some to God, according to Luke 6, 38, he will give you more time. Give some to God. Well, you know, I've always wanted to learn the guitar. I've always wanted to use my talent. Just haven't grown in it. Give some of your talent to God. I'm reminded of a, a couple young men that when they came to this church, and I don't mean to embarrass them, but it's a testimony, guys. They didn't like standing up in front of people and speaking. We took them on a missions trip. And I remember as these guys, these big guys. I'm not going to say no names. I asked them to share their testimony to the orphanage we were ministering at in Mexico. These big guys stood up there holding hands. The brother came and stood next to him because he could tell the other one was, and he held his hand just to give him strength. And, 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 and he was shaking and he just began to speak, you know, holding back tears. And he was so afraid. And afterwards I came, I said, man, thank you for doing that. He goes, oh, I was so scared. I was so hard. Today he's one of our youth leaders. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because he gave God a little bit of that talent. And God said, ooh, I'm glad I got you to do that. Because now it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. Give God some of your talent. Here's the last one. Your treasure. Why do you think a loving father would put so much about money and giving in his book to his sons and daughters? Think about that. He writes so much about you got to give, you got to give, you got to give. He puts in there the tithe and all these things. And we're just like, oh, but you don't understand. If he could just get you to let go of what is in your hand, he could release to you what's in your hand. So like he multiplies your time, your talent, he'll multiply your treasure. But it's going to take real faith to do that. Are you tracking with me today? It's going to take real faith. Phony faith, they just can't see it. I just don't get it. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that's. A... You got to have real faith. Real recognize real. Amen. And phony, well, praise God. We praying for you. Because here's the thing. Jesus said the kingdom of God has both. We're always, they're always going to be in our midst. Don't worry about them. Worry about you. And let's get more of the real than the phony. Who's with me today? Amen. Yeah, praise God. Give God a good praise call. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Let's bow our heads for a moment because I believe the challenge 
has been made. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Some of you, it's time that you cross over. It's time that you start going after real faith because the phony faith is not going to give you the life that you want. Sure, it's going to make you look like you're the part. It's going to make you look right, but it's not about looking right. It's about being right. Now, Father, I just pray for every person that is here today that would say, it's time for me to cross over and bear fruit. It's time for me to give God a portion of my time, my talent, and my treasure. And it's time to trust God. That's all he wants. He wants your heart. He wants you to trust him because the life that he has for you is so much better than the life you think you want. Now, Father, I just pray over every person that may be struggling personally. They may be afraid to trust you, Lord, because they feel like you've let them down before. They feel like you weren't there for them before. Lord, I pray that you would take this word to build faith in their heart, to let them know that they can trust you. Before I let you go, if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I'm not even living for God. Please keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed for just a minute. You would say, I'm not even living for God. I need to get my life right with God. If that's you with nobody looking around, just slip up a hand right where you're at this morning. Yeah, one, I see that. 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 Hands going up all over this place. This is your opportunity right here. Let's all pray this prayer with them. If you're raising your hand, just pray this prayer and mean this with your heart. Say, Jesus, forgive me once again. I need you. Come into my life and help me to repent from my sins, to leave behind my old life and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer right now, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is taking away every stain, every mistake, every bit of shame that you might be feeling. And he's restoring you to your place in him. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Listen, before I let you go, I want to remind you, parents, we're going to take about 10 minutes after the service, if you could stick around it here. Uh, and also children's workers, if you work in children's or you're a parent of a child uh, from the ages of zero to 12, if you could stay in here, please, it'll only take about 10 minutes or so, we want to talk to you about what God has laid on our heart for the kids. We are believing God uh, for a move of God amongst our nursery, amongst our babies, amongst our children, and we just want to share some things with you uh, going forward. So if you serve or you're interested in serving with the kids, please stay here after service. And listen, on your way out, there's sign-up sheets uh, for First Steps class on Tuesday. If some of you are like, man, I got to get my faith real. I got to leave this phony faith behind. Sign up out there to get in here on Tuesday with Pastor Jesse and Pastor Jessica as they teach first steps. Amen. Let's all stand on our feet. Did y'all get something today? Come on, give God a good praise clap today. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.